0: Welcome to WisMed On Call, a podcast from the Wisconsin Medical Society that looks at some of the top issues affecting patients in the practice of medicine in Wisconsin. I'm Peter Welch, your host, and here with me today is Rufus Sweeney. Hey, Rufus. Hey there. Rufus is a third-year medical student here at the University of Wisconsin, and he's been working there to create a course for fourth-year medical students on financial literacy, a noble effort. We're excited to partner with the foundation as well as Wismet Assure, the insurance and financial services arm of the Medical Society, to produce this series of podcasts on financial literacy. It's an important topic for our members, uh, and hopefully we can uh, help out some people. So we've had five podcasts so far about all sorts of topics. Today we're going to be talking about income-driven repayment plans. Sounds like a very exciting topic, mm-hmm. You ready? It's tasty. Excellent. So tell me, from the basic, uh, most basic steps, what is an income-driven repayment plan? Right. So <clears throat> the income-driven repayment plan
1: was, was designed for those who couldn't make their standard repayment plan, uh, their payments for that for, for federal loans. So in my mind, it was made for people who had huge graduating student loans who go into either like the, the public sector and, and don't make super high incomes. But would you know still like to pay back their college loans? Um, I think it was partly with, with physicians in mind, right? Because it's unreasonable to ask a resident
0: to make the standard repayment. Um, talk, just, talk me more about that. Can you put some hypothetical numbers? Yeah. So we talked about in a previous podcast a typical salary for a resident is somewhere around sixty thousand. Yes. So if you're looking at you know we talked too about f- debts of four hundred thousand or so are not unreasonable. Right what sort of monthly payment might you see if you have 400000 of just federal loans?
1: Yeah, so if you had,
0: let's just say hypothetically, a
1: $180,000 loan balance at the end of medical school, Okay. Um, you would have, as your standard repayment, um, a, a roughly $2,000 payment every month. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a $60,000 salary as a resident, Again, a quarter of that goes to taxes, right? Mm-hmm. So that's gone. Um, you're working with mm, roughly what, thirty-five hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. That's two thirds of your salary. That's unworkable, mm-hmm. right? In in no world does that work. Um, and so these these sorts of um, like income-driven repayment plans were were implemented so that you can make those monthly payments. And the government be would be sated and say, okay, that's great, that meets our criteria, but wouldn't necessarily break uh, a resident. So, for example, if if you were to enroll in one of the income-driven repayment programs called REPAY, um, you pay ten percent of your discretionary income
0: as your um, as your payment every year. What's included in discretionary versus non-discretionary? Good question. Discretionary
1: income is um, your uh, salary minus the federal poverty line. So in that case, if you're a single person and you're making sixty thousand dollars a year as a resident, you subtract the federal poverty line from your salary, which would be roughly forty-eight thousand dollars after after that. And then you take ten percent of that amount. That's what you're. That's what you're talking about as your yearly. Uh, what you owe yearly for...
0: That's before taxes? Yeah, before taxes. So they have this discretionary income uh, that they're going to be looking at. The support, a proportion of that is going to go to repay this. Um, is Who is this a good decision for? Is, is a resident going to activate this, or is this something that they're going to continue to do as an attending? So it
1: <clears throat> almost... Uh, universally it's a good idea for uh, residents who don't decide to refinance. Um, we can talk about refinancing a little later, but um, that's basically your, your decision tree. If you choose to refinance, then you opt out of all the government help programs like like pay, pay as you earn, or repay, revise pay as you earn. Um, but that means that you uh, have a new interest rate that's likely lower than your federal interest rate. <clears throat> um, so let's just let's just go with the residents who choose to do income-driven repayment. Um, for a resident, that's a, it's a really smart choice, right? But as you transition to becoming an attending, suddenly your discretionary income increases quite a bit because you're still working with the same mathematics, which is your salary minus uh, your pre-tax salary minus the federal poverty line. And so uh, your monthly payments can actually be much larger than than even standard repayment would be. Um, so. When you evaluate the calculus and you're thinking about, you know, continuing to do income-driven repayment as an attending, it really only makes sense uh, if you plan on um, doing public service loan forgiveness.
0: So let's talk about that other branch of the decision tree, refinance. When is it a good idea? What does it entail? Uh, What does it mean? So refinancing is, right after you're done with medical school, you can
1: uh, opt to uh, refinance, which means that you uh, go with a private company who um, basically assumes your your loan instead of the federal government. And by doing that, you often can, uh, depending on your credit history and a number of other factors, uh, you can get a better interest rate than what the federal government is willing to, to offer you.
0: So you may have several loans sprinkled out over various percentages and they'll consolidate them all together and give you a new percent. So you might have averaged 5.5% right. and, and they'll do 4.5% or right. something like that. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, additionally, um, it's really nice. Um, often those those
1: uh, companies realize that you're not able to make the payment, even if it's refinanced as a resident, um, similar to the standard repayment in the federal government's program. And so they'll offer residents um, $100 payments, $100 monthly payments instead of the usual Repayment that you'd pay as a as an attending. Uh, this can be a really good choice, um, especially for residents who aren't planning on pursuing public public service lo- loan forgiveness, and they know for certain that they're not going to. Otherwise, I would say do some more thinking about it.
0: What are the downsides? You know, you're moving from a federal system to a private system. Right. What you know, what changes in who's backing the loan? The one of the big advantages
1: of doing uh, the federal government is something we mentioned earlier, which is that when you die, that debt goes away. Uh, nobody inherits that debt. With private companies, often there's not that, that clause written into the contract. And so your debt survives you. And so in that case, it might be a good idea to um, you know, have built-in mechanisms that protect your, your loved ones from your debt, right? So life insurance, things like that. Um, that's one downside of, of refinancing. Um, the other downside is something I mentioned a second ago, which is, uh, once you refinance with a private company, you have differentiated yourself as somebody who's not going for public service loan forgiveness, and there is no going back after that. And so you really have to scrutinize and think, do I, is there any chance at all I'm going for public service loan forgiveness? Is there any chance that I'm going to do
0: that? If there is, then do not refinance yet. Because you've taken that out of that bucket, out of that eligible pile of loans to say, this is, this is federally lent money versus you've let that debt be bought by a private company. Yep. Okay. How does somebody apply for that income-driven repayment plan? It's, how does it work? How do you do it? <clears throat> so, once you graduate from, or once you're
1: getting set to graduate from medical school, you need to file your taxes. Um, Your monthly payment for income-driven repayment is based on your income, and if you have zero income from fourth year, um, well, even if you have zero income from your fourth year, you should still file your taxes. In fact, this can be a great advantage because your effective payment can be zero Mm -hmm. doing that. Um, And so uh, file your taxes. Um, There is an application on the studentloans.gov website which he'll go through to, uh, to apply for income-driven repayment. I've never heard of a resident who's rejected from these programs. Um, the types of things that you need to think about, we'll talk about next episode of four different programs. Repay, uh, which is revised pay as you earn. Pay, pay as you earn. Um, and then two other programs that are so seldom used, I, I don't even want to talk about them. <laughs> uh, but uh, there are four different programs, we'll talk about what the sorts, of, the sorts of things you should be thinking of when you're deciding which program you should enroll in.
0: And how, what does the annual sort of process look like? Do you have to reapply every year, do you have to Good keep, keep folks? because your salary is going to change, so right. what yes. do you do? Yeah, so you, you do reapply, you recertify every single year. Um, As your
1: income goes up, so too does your your payments, but um, often ends up being a pretty good deal
0: still. Do people transition from income-based repayment to sort of standard repayment once maybe it flips, that 10% becomes more, or are you stuck with this modality for the remainder of your... You can. The the one issue with that is that,
1: um, as as I mentioned earlier, when you transition from uh, income-driven repayment programs into standard repayment, you, your loans capitalize. And so that is often a huge deterrent because suddenly your, your payments become a lot larger, your interest goes up, or your, um, you know, the amount that your interest, the amount of interest accrues goes up, mm-hmm. uh, it can be really um, financially devastating. So most people don't. Um, if they're gonna go to standard repayment, they'll just refinance, and especially if they're not going for public service loan forgiveness. Um, all that said, um, there are some subtle nuances that we'll talk about. I mean, we'll talk about a public service loan forgiveness podcast, but, um, but yeah, so, so normally people don't go from IDR income driven repayment to, uh,
0: standard repayment. Great. Probably because they want to do public service loan forgiveness. So we'll talk about that at the next podcast. Thanks, Rufus, so much for your thoughts on this. If you like what you heard, please visit our website at www.wismed.org and look for all future episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.